like running late in traffic on your way to, to preach a message. Happy New Year to me. <laughs> Anyways, I love starting out fresh in a new year. How many New Year's resolution people do we have out there? Okay. I can't really see. All of you, great. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, this morning, you know, God has had this message on my heart for a while because every time when I begin a new year, there's like, it's kind of like a reset button. It's kind of like the opportunity to start over, like a fresh start, a new page, all of these different things. But I'm going to be really honest with you this morning that I'm struggling a little bit. Um, there are some things that happened today, this morning, that have given me an extremely heavy heart. And I'm going to try the best that I can to communicate this message um, with what's going on inside right now. As I was preparing for this message, it already had some, some weighty words. It already had some practical steps that we can take in our life as we cross over into a new year. But this morning at 6.30, as I was getting ready, as I was praying, as I was praying for you guys, as I was praying for myself to communicate this message with such intention and such passion, I received a phone call at 6.30 this morning. And it's one of those phone calls that you just never want to get. And I, I don't even have the words to communicate this, but there's a family that moved here with TJ and I seven and a half years ago who left their family, who left everything to help us begin to pursue the dream and the vision that God had placed on our heart, and that's the Wilson family. And the phone call at 6.30 this morning was to tell me that Wayne Wilson had died in a tragic car accident last night. And Wayne and his wife Jennifer have two kids that are high school, middle school age. And I just kind of didn't even know how to process it in that moment. But what it did in me this morning was really put it put a heaviness on my heart. Because the reality is, is we don't know when the last time we're gonna say goodbye to our family the last time we're gonna say goodbye to our kids. And as I was crossing over this morning to the new year, there was a whole lot of things that felt like it didn't even matter anymore. You know what, those grudges that we hold, that unforgiveness that we possess, those anxious moments, those angry moments, those places that we've just kind of ignored in our life suddenly, I was like, man, what if today was my last day? And 
And it put in me this passion and the desire. Isn't it amazing how one situation, how one instance can completely change your perspective of how you see something? And this morning, I was like, man, you know what? My life has new meaning today because every single day that I wake up, I'm going to live this day like my last. And I don't know what you're stepping into in the new year. I don't know what needs to change in your life. I don't know what, what decisions that you need to make, but I want to beg you this morning. Do what you need to do for your life to change. For your life to look different. Because we do not know when that day is going to come. And so this morning, as I communicate these things, I hope that you feel the heaviness and the weightiness of these words that I'm going to communicate to you today. And you know what? Honestly, they're very simple words. They're very easy steps how to move forward into the new year. It's things that are so simplistic. But how many of you guys know that sometimes the simple things are actually the really difficult things? The easy things are the things that trip us up. So I hope as you hear these words that they're things that you begin to apply to your life so that 2017 can be a very different year, a very purposeful year, a very hopeful year, a year of anticipation where you see things happen in your life that you could have never thought possible because you have a passion and a desire to see your life make a difference. And so this morning, we're going to jump in, and we're going to talk about a group of people called the Israelites. And the Israelites had, had been in bondage. They'd been in slavery for years. These are people that were a slave to the Egyptians. And God sends this leader. He sends this rescuer named Moses to rescue the Israelites from slavery. And so he rescues them out of the hand of Pharaoh, and he brings them into the wilderness. He parts the Red Sea. He does all of these miracles. Well, then these Israelites spend 40 years walking around in the desert. How many of you guys, sometimes life feels like a desert that you're wandering in for a long time? Okay, yes, thank you. Somebody can identify with me. So many times I'm like, Lord, when is the season going to end? Like, I need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I need to see something different begin to happen in my life. And the Israelites are just wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Now, God is continuing to show up in their life. He's continuing to do something in their life. But they're, they're complainers. And they've complained about some things for a long time, kind of like what I do in my life. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't like this. I'll be walking through this right now. Can't you? I thought you had something good for my life. And we sit there and complain, and God continues to bail us out. But where I want to pick up the story is actually the Israelites are standing on the edge of the Jordan River. And the Jordan River is what separates them from the wilderness and the promised land. See, God had promised the Israelites when he rescued them from slavery that he was going to bring them to the promised land. And the promised land is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. There's provision. There's fruitfulness. There's so many incredible things that God has for these people right on the other side of the river. 
And I feel like that's like the new year for so many of us. Like it's a fresh start. It's a new page. It's a, it's a point of transition. And just on the other side, we can see this hope. We can see this life. We can see this like anticipation of change. Like maybe in the new year, things will be different. And we stand on the edge of the river and we're going, man, there's something good on the other side. Man, there's God's promises on the other side. And so the Israelites are standing on the brink of the Jordan. And now the Jordan is very significant in the Bible. It represents a place of transition. There's a lot of significant transitions that took place at the Jordan River. A lot of leadership mantles that were passed from like Moses, who is this incredible leader, to Joshua, who is now leading the Israelites, from Elijah to Elisha, the prophet that, that transitioned. It's actually where John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and Jesus enters into his adult ministry. And so the Jordan River represents a place of transition. And so the Israelites are standing on the brink of transition. And I can imagine they're very much like you and I as we stand on the edge of something and we have the hope of something better, the hope of something different, the hope of prosperity on the other, other side. There's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of excitement that begins to happen because we can just see the good things that are going to come. But also I can imagine that as they're standing there on the brink of the Jordan, this is also the harvest time. This is the, the rainy season and the Jordan River is literally overflowing. There is no way that they can cross over. I mean, they have millions of people traveling with them. There's no way they're getting across this river. And so while there's great anticipation, there's also anxiety because it's like, I see it on the other side, but how am I going to get there? There's these barriers that are there, but not only is there a river, there's these fortified cities on the other side that they're going to have to go across and they're going to have to conquer those cities in order to take possession of the promises that God has for them. And how much like our life is that? We stand on the brink of something new. We stand on the brink of something different. And as they're standing there, they can see everything on the other side. And it's, it's so true in our life. Often when our hope is at the highest, when we have this expectation that things are going to be different. How many of you guys always know there's challenges and problems that are probably around the corner? Like there's this saying that says, where there is no struggle, there is no strength. You know, the struggles that are in our life, the challenges that we come up against when we make a decision and we're moving into new territory are actually the things that refine us and make us better and help us to grow and move beyond the places that we're in. But the problem is, the reason that there's 45% of our population that makes um, New Year's resolutions and actually only 8% that actually follow through on those resolutions is because we're good talkers. But it's hard to take action, especially when there's challenges along the way. And I hope that in this new year, that as you're making decisions, as you see things in your life that you want to change, that you want to be different, that you learn a few things from the Israelites this morning, because I think we can learn a lot from their journey as they begin to cross over the Jordan River. Because God begins to do a miracle and he parts the sea. 
And the Israelites begin to cross over into the promised land. And we're going to pick up in Joshua 1, 10 through 11. And it says this. It says, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel. Joshua is the leader of the Israelites. He says, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. He says, in three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land your God is giving you. See, first, Joshua tells his people, he says, there's a promise on the other side. There's something that God is giving us on the other side. There's hope on the other side. But there's something I need you to do in order to experience that hope, in order to walk, in through, walk into that hope, is I need you to get prepared. And the same thing is true in our life. God has so many incredible promises. He has so many incredible things for our life. There is, you know, blessings that are on the other side. But what God's saying is in order for you to experience those things, there's some preparation that needs to happen in your life. And all of us have these things that we want God to do or we want to be different in the new year, that we want to improve on, that we want to see enhance in our life in the new year. All of us have things that are that are unique to our circumstances and our situation. But I think there's one thing that we all have in common as we begin to pursue change, as we begin to pursue growth in 2017, and that's the fact that no matter what changes that we're going to make, we have to prepare. See, so many, so many of us are like, I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want my relationship with God to, to flourish this year. I want it to grow. I want to hear God's voice better. Well, let me ask you a question. What are you doing to prepare for that change to happen in your life? What devotional are you going to begin to, to read? How are you going to adjust your schedule so that you can spend more time with God, so that you can be tuned in to his voice? How are you preparing for that to be different in your life in 2017? You know, some of us are like, man, I need some financial miracles in my life in 2017. I mean, 2017, I would really like to have more money than I have month this year, these months coming up. But let me ask you something. How are you preparing for that? Have you prepared a budget? Are you adjusting the way that you spend so that you can actually experience the thing that you so desire? The same is true in, in our health or relationships and our health, we're like, man, I want to drop a few sizes this year. I want some things to be different. I want to be healthier. Well, what are you removing from your kitchen so that you can be healthier? How are you making time in your schedule so that you can go to gym? What preparation are you doing so that you can begin to see the things that you so desire begin to play out in your life? See, preparation is the key to success in our life. We all have great reasons why we're going to do something. Why I want my relationship with God to flourish. I want to hear his voice better. I want to pursue the call that he has on my life. Or why we want things to be financially better in our life. Because we want to spend more time with our family and with our kids. And I don't want to be at work all the time. So I need my finances to change. We all have great whys of why we want things to change. But every great why needs a great how. See, every great why in our life needs a great how am I going to accomplish what I want to see happen. 
you know, I was a basketball player in high school. How many athletes do we have out there? Okay, like three again. Great. Um, so when I played basketball, I was probably the, the smallest kid on my team. I was the point guard, but I was scrappy. Like, I would get down on the floor. I would be, like, kicking girls. Get out the way. That's my ball. Like, I didn't care that I was little. I was, like, grabbing every rebound. And I just loved the game. I loved to get out there. I loved to win. I was so competitive. It would make me so angry when we would lose. Like, there, I would just get fired up. But I loved the game. I loved to win. But here's what my coach would tell us consistently all the time as we were complaining in practice. He would say, Shayla, practice wins games. Practice wins games. And here's what I would tell you in life. Preparation wins in life. Preparation helps you win in life. You know, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. See, God told Noah a long time before it ever started raining, I need you to build an ark because I'm going to use you to preserve my people. Far before it ever started raining, I mean, people looked at Noah building the ark and they were like, this dude is he keeps talking about rain and there's not a cloud in the sky. But Noah is just building. Why? Because he was preparing for the thing that God told him was going to happen long before it ever happened. See, we have to begin to prepare for the things that we want to see different in our life. In Proverbs 24, 27, it says, prepare your work outside. It says, get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Why does it say that? Because God knew we needed a foundation for our life. See, we needed to prepare things. If you start building without the proper foundation, that building is going to crumble. And the same thing is true of our life. The things that we want to see happen, the things that we are building our life on, they matter. And if you're not building your life on a solid foundation and you're not preparing for things to be different in your life, the things in your life will continue to crumble and you'll continue to wonder, why is my life falling apart? And I would ask you, how have you prepared for your life to be different? You know, TJ and I just bought a house a few months ago and this house was a fixer upper. I mean, it, it took a lot of work. And TJ is an incredible guy, and he is very handy at everything he does. And this dude was there every single night, every single morning, would work full time, then would go work on our house just to get it done so that we could move in because we were in a time crunch. And this house turned out better than I could have ever imagined. But we worked really hard to get it to the place that it was really livable and nice. And so once we were done, we move in and we're just kind of relaxing and we're enjoying our new house for about a week. And then I was like, TJ, I really would love a garden. I'm like, I'd like to grow some lettuce and tomatoes, broccoli. Wouldn't that be nice? We could have salads and we wouldn't have to pay for them. Like, it's so... It's great. I'd really like a garden. I'll build it. 
Like, I'll build the boxes, I'll do all... Really, I was using a manipulation tactic, and I know he's sitting right here, but I was trying to get him to say, no, Shayla, I'll build it for you. And so I kept saying, well, I'll build... It, it can't be that hard. I mean, I'll YouTube it. Like, I'll figure out how to do it. And I was talking to my mom, because she, like, did a garden, and I was telling her about my plans and what I wanted to have, and she was telling me, that she actually did two different types of boxes. She did a raised bed garden, and then she did a grow box. And she was sending me pictures of the same vegetables planted in the different gardens. And the grow box garden, those vegetables were two times the size of the one in the raised bed. And it was all because of the environment that it was being grown, grown in. And so I'm like, I want, a, I want a grow box. Like, I want my vegetables to be bigger and better than anyone else's. And like, I'm going to build it, TJ. <laughs> and finally, he looked at me and he's like, Shayla, you're never going to fall through on that. And I was like, oh, how dare you? Like, of, of course I'm going to build it. And I started YouTubing it and I started looking it up. And I was like going on Pinterest, finding how to build a grow box. And I was like, this is way too hard. I'm not building it. And so I just kind of gave up on my dream, my dream of having a garden. No broccoli, no tomatoes. And so my mom came to visit, and she was coming, and she was coming to see my house, and we were hanging out with her and her husband, my stepdad, and we were just kind of chilling that night, just catching up or whatever. We all went to bed. We get up in the morning. I'm like having coffee with my mom. We're sharing stories. It was awesome. And she's like, hey, Sheila, come outside. I want to show you something. And I'm like, oh, what? Did you get a new car? You got a new truck? And I walked and she had a new truck. And I was like, oh, mom, this is awesome. And she like pulled down the bed of the truck. And there was a grow box. <laughs> and my father-in-law... I mean, my father, stepdad, whatever he is, he had built me a grow box. Now, a grow box has a whole lot of integral things that goes into it. It actually waters from underneath. And so there's all these tubes that go in, and you, like, stick your hose in, and it fills it up from underneath. So it always gives the plants water from underneath. You can never overwater your plants. Basically, you can't kill them, which is what I needed. And so... He, he has all of the materials there for me to successfully grow my lettuce and my broccoli and my tomatoes so that we could have free salad. And so we're like, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. And so we start dragging everything out. And man, this is a process. Like we had to bring it in the backyard. We had to level it. And then there was like all these different parts that we had to put one on top of the other. And my stepdad kept saying to TJ, now TJ... Pay attention because you can build Shayla another one of these. And I was like, yeah, TJ, pay attention so you can build Shayla another one of these. And so I just stood there and took pictures the whole time of like what the process looked like. So I'm waiting for my next one. But anyways, we, we put this whole thing together and there was these tubes that had to go in the bottom. And then there was like this mesh wire that went on it. And then there was this weed block that went in. Then you had to put dirt in. Then you had to put soil in. Then you had to put fertilizer in. Then you had to cut it, cover it with plastic. And then you put the plants in. 
And it was like this whole amazing process that he had like prepared for me and planned out and all of these different things. And he had all of the tools there. And now I'm happy to say I have some incredible lettuce growing. I haven't seen any broccoli or tomatoes yet, but it is coming. But as I was preparing for this message, I just had this really overwhelming kind of epiphany. And it was kind of like, realizing that God was saying, Shayla, you know how your stepdad just made you that grow box and he brought you all the tools that you need? He had the system all worked out for you. All you had to do was just put it together and assemble it. It's like, that's exactly what I've provided for you in your life. See, I've given you all the tools for you to grow successfully. I've given you every single thing that you need to experience growth in any area of your life. All you have to do is to begin to prepare and assemble and utilize every piece and every tool and you will experience growth in your life. And I think the same is true for each and every one of you. You're sitting here right now and all of the tools are available to you. Every tool that you need to experience the changes that you want to experience in your life are readily available to you. You're sitting in a church where there's community opportunity for you to get in relationship with other people. There's serving opportunity where you could use your gifts and you can see those gifts begin to grow and to begin to, to be utilized. See, when we don't provide ourselves with an environment of growth, things die. And if you want to see things begin to happen in your life, begin to utilize the tools that have been given to you and prepare to see the growth that can happen in your life. But how many of you guys know preparation doesn't always lead to change? You have to do something with what you prepare. And so in, in Joshua 3, 1 through 4, it says this, it says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left some grove and arrived at the bank of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. And I want you guys to listen closely to what they say. It says, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, see the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence. It says, move out of your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind and keep a clear distance between you and the ark and make sure you don't come any closer. See, Joshua tells them, look, you need to follow. You need to follow God and you need to follow the leaders that are in your life. And then he goes on to tell them why it is so important to keep your eyes focused on the presence of God, on God's plan for your life, on his purpose for your life. He tells them, he says, why? Because you've never traveled this way before and they'll guide you. See, I think there's so many of us in our life that following has become a lost art. You know, we'll prepare, we'll talk about things, and we'll talk about how we want things to be different, but actually following through on some of those things is a completely different story. You know, there's, there's so many of us that talk about wanting change, 
But nothing ever really changes. In Proverbs 14, 23, it says this. It's one of my favorite verses because it just kind of punches you in the gut. It says, work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. See, I think so many times in life, we feel like our life is void of something. We feel like our life is impoverished of relationships or resources or all of those things. That's because the only thing we're doing is talking about change and not actually working towards it. See, work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. And I hope that you guys in the new year, that you can transition, that you can realize that there are incredible things for your life. That if you can live this life not just talking about what's going to change, but actually doing it, you will see the profit begin to happen in your life. See, when we talk about we want financial change or we want things to be different, and first, you know, we've gone and we've prepared the budget, but then what do we have to do? We have to follow the budget. You know, we talk about, I want my health to be different. I want to lose weight. I want to do all of these things. And we prepare a diet and we get our gym membership and all of those different things. But what do we have to actually do? We have to follow the diet. We have to go to the gym. I mean, how many of you guys know there's a certain entity that builds, a, builds its entire business plan on the fact that you're going to pay them a monthly fee and you will never show up? I've been victim to that. So has TJ. I'm just going to call him out. Like, each one of us, for at least a year, had a gym membership and maybe went twice. And we're, well, we'll go tomorrow. Well, we're going to... Meanwhile, you've spent all this money and nothing changes. And it's like, you mean just paying the money doesn't make me look different? Well, some, in some cases it does. But you have to begin to follow through on the things that you want to see different in life. You know, you have to keep God at your focus because ultimately he's going to lead you to the place where you have the most success and the most life. But he's also placed leaders and people into, in our life that we can follow after, that we can model our life after. I mean, for me, there's so many times that's like, man, I see that person and financially, they have it together. Man, they're able to do stuff that I've never been able to do. They're not in debt, all of those things. Here's what you need to do. You need to go sit down with those people that you admire, that you see the good things in your life, that you want your life to be like, and you need to sit down and you say, what did you do? And then you need to follow what they tell you. You need to go to the people in life that you're like, man, spiritually, they just have it going on. Man, there's... Things happening, I want a relationship with God like that. And you need to go and you need to sit down with them. You need to ask them some questions. How did, how did you get here in life? And then you don't just need to listen, you actually need to, to follow. See, follow is the place where we lose so many people because, again, it's easy to talk about what we want to see different, much harder to go and do. It's the most difficult part. And as we're on this journey and as we step into these new places in life, as we step into 2017, I think that this last point is of key importance. And I'm going to read you this passage of scripture out of Joshua 4, 1 through 7. And it says this, 
says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from every tribe, and tell them take 12 stones from the place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan, carry them out and pile them up in the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each tribe of Israel, and he told them, go to the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up a stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. And we'll use those stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing and the Ark of the Covenant went across. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. See, there are times in life that we're pursuing change, that we want to see things begin to happen differently. And along the way, we need to remember. We need to have those times where we remember the faithfulness of God. Because I don't know about you, but so many times in my journey, it's filled with challenge. It's filled with difficulty. It's filled with hard decisions. And along the way, we have to have something that reminds us of why we're doing it. See, we have to remember why we started. We have to remember why we want to change in this area of our life. I think it's why when people are pursuing weight loss in their life, it's why they just do before and after pictures. Because to remind them when they're eating their celery and their broccoli every single day, they can look at the before picture and say, that's why I'm doing this. We all need to remember why. And I think we can start off on a new year and we can see these amazing things and these amazing dreams and this idea of what life could be like. But as we get going, it's easy to get discouraged when things begin to happen and challenges begin to come. And then we get to this vulnerable place where we just want to give up. And it's that time when we need to remember why we started. You know, in January of this year, it was a really, really rough time for me. You know, TJ and I were seven and a half years in, into starting Coastal and God had done some really amazing things in the process. But there was also some really challenging things that had happened along the way. There was a lot of discouragement, there was a lot of disappointment, there was a lot of roadblocks that came up along the way. And in January of this year, I was just at this place, honestly, where I just wanted to give up. I just wanted to, to walk away. It was too hard. I didn't feel like I was the right leader. I felt like I was disappointing too many people. I couldn't be what I needed to be. All the lies that the enemy just begins to tell you. And I was buying into every bit of it. And I was just telling TJ, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And we were in this time in January of prayer and fasting. And every year we offer this 
opportunity to our church. Church-wide, we do a week of, of prayer and fasting where we ask our church, just give up something in your life for this week and then pray. Pray and ask God to show up. It's such great preparation for 2017. And we had early morning prayer. We do early morning prayer at 6.30 every single morning during this week. And I remember showing up every single day, just kind of head hung low and sitting in early morning prayer. And I was just crying. And I was just like, God, I can't, I'm tired. I can't do, I'm not the right, I'm not the right person. I'm, I'm messing this up. And every single day as I would sit there and I would cry, I would hear this one word, remember. And every single day I would show up and I would just pour my heart out to God and every single day I would hear that word again, remember. Remember. And I remember by the, by the end of that week, as I was sitting in prayer, I would see the faces of people's lives that had been changed since we came here in 2009. I saw the faces of the people that had, the hundreds of people that had been baptized, the hundreds of people that experienced salvation. I saw the faces of the people who, whose marriages were restored. I saw the faces of the people whose addictions had been broken. And then I realized the significance of remember. Because when I remembered those things, it was like strength entered back into my body. And I said, I can do this. Because there are times in life when you're pursuing the right things when it's going to get hard. And this point right here is the most important that you remember why you're doing it. 